Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. For all of the women out there who want to be more biblically-based and godly-centered, and for all of the men who have godly women in your life, uh, you really need to pay attention to what my next two guests for this deep dive conversation are going to discuss. They are the co-hosts of the Women's Hope podcast, Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Our pleasure. Such a privilege. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I found out about your podcast because it's connected with the Masters University, which is, of course, uh, part of John MacArthur's ministry. That's where my mom graduated with her uh, master's degree in biblical counseling. Uh, You can listen, by the way, to her podcast that she did with me on the Just the Truth podcast side about biblical counseling. And both of you are also uh, ACBC counselors. So uh, what is that for those who aren't familiar with the difference between biblical biblical counseling uh, versus psychology and other sorts of self-help? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Really, one of the biggest differences is we would say that the Word of God is sufficient Mm -hmm. for life and godliness, right? And so when somebody comes to us with any kind of uh, issue, um, say anxiety, depression, something like that, we would be able to come alongside take them to the word of God and to help them to walk through that. Cause typically it's, it's going to be a spiritual, you know, issue that they're struggling with. Um, uh, the problem with psychology uh, is that a lot of times they're focused on just uh, more of the behavioral issues. And we, we really are striving to look to the heart of the issue, seeing people as body soul Um, so that would be one of the main differences is really seeing the word of God as being inspired by God, you know, breathed out by God and, uh, using it as, uh, the means that God gives us to help somebody walk through, um, either personal sins. Sometimes people will come to you for counseling that are being sinned against as well. Um, or just the fact that you live in a fallen world, that can be an issue as well. Um, but that would be the differences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of of people who we've all been uh, both perpetrators and victims of sin in our culture. And we need to be thinking through these things uh, biblically and truthfully. And, uh, and, and Kimberly, you know, as we're looking at this, I mean, one of the things that struck me so much about your podcast that I love is that uh, women's ministries in a lot of these mega churches tend to be so fluffy and focused on just telling women how to live their best life and be their best selves. And there's really not an emphasis on theology, but that's something that um, women really need to understand theology and the truth of the word of God just as much as men. Absolutely. You know, we see in scripture, the first four words, in the beginning, God. And so as someone who's been in women's ministry for 25 years, my desire and my hope is to help the women to know and love God 
more deeply every day of their lives through the scriptures, God's breathed word to these women. And uh, it's been such a blessing to write studies for my women and just to look and see what scripture has to say um, about life's issues, about one anothering, something that was basically robbed from us this last year um, when the church was shut down. And so, you know, these things, these truths are uh, powerful and they are the more sure word. And so when you see these ministries that are based more on experience than on the truths of scripture, they're, they're really shorting their women of growing in God's grace and in his knowledge. And so we are very passionate we're actually speaking this weekend on this very thing about uh, being women of sound doctrine. And uh, Shelby's going to be speaking on uh, being women of discernment because this is so important to us. Yeah, and, and Shelby, being women of discernment, uh, that strikes me as, as being in contrast to being women of emotion. And that's often what I find in a lot of women's ministries and why, frankly, you know, for someone who I appreciate the intellectual, rational response to things. And when women are taught uh, to go based on emotion instead of fact and logic, and that Jesus's love is purely based on emotion instead of truth, there's a deeper seated lie there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one one thing that we uh, know from scripture is that the heart is desperately <laughs> wicked, right? And so when you are basing decisions on emotion or feelings, not that we're not feeling people, I mean, God created us to have emotion, mm -hmm. but when you're making decisions based on experience um, or a feeling, you can, you can definitely begin to uh, make decisions uh, pulling from the culture or just how you feel. Um, and we're trying to help women to uh, just be a better Berean, if you will, go to the word, uh, find answers in the truths of scripture because they are there, um, you know, learning more about God's will. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I teach young people most of the time, and that's one of the things that I really concentrate on as well is trying to help them to glean um, biblical principles for their life um, and just be a better studier of God's word, really. Um, it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing job and a privilege to be able to do that. Mm. And so what does it mean then, um, Kimberly, to have discernment for people who may think, oh, I understand what that means. And that just means, you know, following what um, my heart dictates or following what I think. Uh, what does it truly mean from a biblical perspective to have discernment? Yeah, that is a really good question, Jenna. And one of the things that I would say is, that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. Mm -hmm. And so how do we do that? We do that according to scripture. And Shelby, you mm -hmm. mentioned the Bereans in Acts. The Bereans looked at what was taught to them and then they lined it up with the scriptures to make sure that it was true. And so as women who are to be of sound doctrine, that is to, the, the idea there is to be a learner. Mm -hmm. And so we're not just here with baby food and spoons, okay? We want steak knives. 
and meat. And we want to give women the meat of the word, but we also want them to hold us accountable and say, you know what, if you see something that doesn't line up square with scripture, where's the problem? With the word or with the teacher? We know yeah. with, the, with the teacher. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to talk more when we come back with uh, Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings about the cultural lies that women, especially young women, are facing in culture today. We'll be right back. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and I'm continuing my deep dive conversation with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings, who are the co-hosts of Women's Hope Podcast. And I hope that everyone listens to this podcast. It is great. It is full of sound doctrine, sound theology, genuine hope and encouragement, not these trite, fluffy, sort of fortune cookie uh, verses that are pulled out of context or what we call proof texting, where unfortunately, a lot of pastors uh, end up like the Supreme Court, where they take a word and phrase out of scripture and they build a whole doctrine around it. It's the same thing that the Supreme Court unfortunately does with the Constitution, right? Where they take just one word and phrase and they forget the rest of it. As uh, Shelby and Kimberly have been saying, we have to make sure as women of sound doctrine that we make sure that we are doing a deep dive into scripture and we also have the accountability that comes with discipleship. So uh, Kimberly and Shelby, as we're continuing this conversation, uh, we've been talking about a lot of the um, emotion, the, a lot of the, the conflict and the, uh, the challenges that are facing especially young women today in the culture. And uh, one of the primary things that I see is a lot of young women, uh, especially the students that I had at Colorado Christian University, really had a difficulty uh, grasping the difference between speaking truth boldly in love versus not just embracing this idea of tolerance of particularly the LGBTQIA plus 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 sort of culture. So uh, Kimberly, we'll start with you. I mean, what's, what's the biblical response here? Absolutely. Well, you know, as a Bible student, when I was very young, uh, my teacher would always take me back to Genesis. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important. And I, and I realize now more as you see the attack on God as our creator. And so I think that it's really important that as we look at uh, who we are as women, we remember who created us and what he created us for. And that he created us as women to be helpers to men, especially to our husbands. And so when we try to change that, we are defying scripture, we are suppressing scripture, and we are questioning whether or not God is true and what he says is true. And that's what we saw at the garden in the very beginning, right? When, when the serpent came to Eve and said, did God really say? Mm -hmm. So here is where the women have to say, did God say this? Then I align my life under it. 
And that tolerance is not love if you forsake the truth of God. Mm -hmm. That is so well said. And this is God who has already judged what is true, what is right, what is pure, what is holy. And he has rightly divided the truth for us uh, to say, these are the things that are right. These are the things that are wrong. And we are simply aligning with truth in the way that we teach and live our lives. And so uh, Shelby, what what about the, the young women who just say, well, it feels like I'm being so intolerant or I have such peer pressure uh, from my friends or my family to not conform and participate in uh, some of these lies of the culture. What's the encouragement that they can embrace if they are maybe the only Christian in their family? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I think part of what they're struggling with, um, probably at the heart level, is just a fear of man. You know, it's hard to stand up to the culture because you get accused of so many things, uh, i.e. being intolerant, right? <laughs> but I think that this is a day in which we are being asked to, uh, that we fear God and not man. I mean, what can man do to us, scripture says? We are to be people that fear the Lord. And I would just come alongside and encourage them through the word, things that you can say, think through. Um, I mean, even in Christianity, uh, the conversation about even LGBTQ plus uh, gets confusing. And uh, so just making sure that they have, I guess you would call it like an apologetic, you know, how would I respond? And to be women who fear the Lord, um, it's precious. And I, I really think that it's the, the way the culture is going because, you know, Today, really, the issue is my own personal truth. That's what they're banking on. This is my own personal truth rather than God's truth. Um, so that seems to be the thing, the biggest thing that we're fighting right now. But yeah, uh, just being able to help them understand scripture and to stand firm in it, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are eternal, timeless truths. And we've had, uh, you know, this sort of secular culture of, that changes their mind every five minutes. I mean, if we look at the, you know, the leftist liberals who uh, said one thing, you know, Joe Biden saying one thing in 1983, and then he's saying a different thing today, and even in the last five minutes. Um, so this is eternal truth that doesn't change. And one of the things um, as well, and, I'll, and I'd like you both to address this as well, is uh, the difference between feminism versus biblical femininity because I see so many women, um, myself included, who, you know, I have um, a very, what would be considered high power career. I have, uh, you know, obviously I'm someone who is very um, intellectually driven. Um, I would call myself a strong woman. And so the culture would say, well, then you need to be a feminist and you need to compete with men and encourage uh, people like me. And of course, um, many young women to give up our biblical femininity and to not have that a softer spirit. And so to rightly divide the difference between feminism and that lie versus being a strong yet feminine woman. I'll take that, Kim. <laughs> you know, I think it's really a good question. And I even see, I'll be honest with you, this within the church. Um, I think what we allow to happen is for the pendulum to swing. And so what you'll see is you know, we'll go from these fluffy studies and then the women will realize, oh, no, we need to be doing, you know, sound studies. Well, we better put away a pink highlighter because that's feminine, you know. And so I think we just need to be very realistic that 
all of scripture is profitable for men and for women. And the, this idea of what we are on the inside is far more precious mm-hmm. to the Lord than uh, what we are on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so as, as we have a demeanor and as a woman who is maturing, mm-hmm. he cares about our demeanor and how we carry ourselves. Mm-hmm. And are we, if we can be intellectual without being overly opinionated or obnoxious. Mm. And that's a very attractive thing. And that looks different than the world. And our Twitter feeds should look different than the world. We can mm-hmm. speak the truth in love without being uh, anti-feminine. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I work with, um, I have for the last 13 years, I think I'm the only woman uh, professor in my department. And I, I really appreciate uh being able to uh, be there and to work with those gentlemen and to give a woman's perspective, you know, on different things when needed. And there's no, there's no agenda there. There's no trying to fight your way to the top. Um, It's just really just good, godly uh, brother and sister in Christ conversations. And like Kim says, I mean, God cares about uh, at the end of the day, uh, what's in the heart, the gentle and quiet spirit Mm -hmm. and how that would manifest in a workplace or in your home. Um, you know, and so, yeah, there isn't a lot of that kind of, um, silliness going on, but it's a shame. I have daughters and I see that, that kind of, um, pressure on them as well. Um, like you were talking about Jenna, um, but just really encouraging that God cares about the heart. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that having that gentle, quiet feminine spirit is not antithetical to being a strong woman because I see both of you as very strong because you are strong in the Lord. You are strong in sound doctrine. You're firm in your convictions in uh, discipling others. All of those things that um, equate with being a, a genuinely strong woman, not just strong meaning we're going to bully or by the world standards. And so uh, for, for the men uh, who have godly women in their lives or, and want to encourage them in being more feminine. Uh, what, in just the last minute we have here um, in this segment, what would be the encouragement uh, to men that you would have for the women in their lives? That's a really good question. I would say one of the things, and I just asked this recently on a podcast is, uh, men, are you encouraging your wives to use the gifts that God has given you, given her? Um, and to use them in a complimentary way within the home, um, to use them in the church in a complementarian way uh, is a beautiful thing. We see that played out in our church and it's great. Uh, we see a lot of people arguing against complementarianism right now. And you can't, you can't argue it away. It's in Genesis from the get-go. So you're, you're argu- arguing against scripture. Mm-hmm. And real quick, uh, Dr. Shelby. Oh, on <laughs> on how to encourage them. I, I probably don't have much to add to that because I think that is a big thing is uh, for the men to lead their wives in a humble way and to help them to plug in and to be a part of the body of Christ because sometimes you see a, a deficit there. So. Mm. So well said. And, uh, you know, Kimberly, you spoke that word complementarianism, and that actually leads me into my next question that we'll get back to when we come back right here on Just the Truth. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and I'm continuing the conversation with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings, the co-host of Women's Hope Podcast. It's affiliated with the Masters University, which is, of course, uh, part of John MacArthur's ministry uh, there, also with Grace to You. And it's just such a wonderful podcast that is rich in theology and truth that women absolutely need to be steeped in the Word of God, not just these fluffy uh, Bible studies or things that purport to be the truth, but things that are actually substantively the truth. And so uh, Shelby and Kimberly, we were talking before the break about this great word complementarianism. And I think a lot of people uh, probably haven't heard that term, especially juxtaposed with egalitarianism, which is what a lot of these uh, sort of you know co-equality advocates um, might think, even in the church, saying, well, you know, we may have separate roles, but we're totally equal in every single way. So so, um, so Shelby, what is complementarianism and how does that differ from egalitarianism and the different uh, biblical roles of men and women? Yeah, thank you. So what uh, complementarianism is, it's a perspective, that a biblical perspective that just believes that men and women are equal in essence. So men and women, of course, were created in the image of God um, and, you know, are saved by faith in the same way. Um, but complementarians also believe that there are gender distinctions as to the roles and functions within the church. So that would be kind of a, uh, just a, a, just a quick snapshot of what it is. And we find support for this um, in Genesis 1 to 3. We find support for this uh, in Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. And even in the church, there are distinctive roles uh, that we could look uh, like even in 1 Timothy 2, um, 8 to 12. But yeah, we find a lot of support for it. It's a term that was coined um, by the biblical, the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood back in the 80s. But it's a term that really describes, I think, uh, just biblically um, what God has done in his word, basically. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a, a, a simple, a simple way to say it. And so how does that differ then, uh, Kimberly, from egalitarianism? What would that philosophy purport? So with egalitarianism, they would say that the gender roles and the differences uh, occurred after the fall. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying is that with as a complementarian, that those roles were designed by God before the fall the fall is what caused the harm, not um, it, it, not afterwards. Hmm. I've actually so. never heard that particular um, distinction of uh, pre-fall versus uh, the fall being the part of the gender roles. That's really fascinating because that explains a lot of how um, even so-called Christian feminists, which 
I'm not really sure. I mean, that seems like an oxymoron, right, to say a Christian feminist. Um, but how a lot of, uh, of women who are Christians but who would want to be more uh, feminist and egalitarian would then say, oh, well, the patriarchy is the thing that's wrong. And, you know, men are trying to, uh, to have too much of a, of a domineering attitude uh, toward women or some of those types of things rather than respecting the God-given inherent differences. And I just find, Shelby, that, um, you know, even in my own life, I mean, like, I have a mom who, as, as I've talked about, um, you know, Valerie is her name. I, I love how wonderful of a mom, a counselor, a strong woman she is. And she's very different from my dad. I have a very different relationship with them. And I'm so glad that they're unique and they're different. And to think that uh, God did not design it that way is, I think, rejecting the entire idea of the family structure and also the church structure uh, that we see in scripture. And you just had a podcast recently talking about uh, female pastors and teaching. So uh, what was that all about? Well, I mean, today, so really what's what's happening, it's I think it's it's the the way they're viewing First Timothy 2, 8 to 12, that whole passage that talks about uh, that, you know, men are to pray with holy hands and piety and women um, are to um, learn in quiet submission in the church. And so and, and they're not to exercise authority or be pastors. And so what's happened is some women have come along, they're a little bit more outspoken than others, and they have uh, taken the view that that is only talking about uh, just prohibiting women from being pastors, but it doesn't prohibit them from doing anything an unordained, say, man would do in a church. So, for example, it would be okay for me to teach Sunday school, um, but to a mixed audience. Um, so they kind of get into the weeds a little bit uh, with just how they view that passage. And also some other things that are happening is uh, we're getting into this whole term about delegated authority where, for example, uh, maybe a pastor asks a woman to come and preach at his church on Mother's Day. <laughs> you probably heard about that one. Mm -hmm. And um, so they kind of get caught up into a delegated authority, you know, that kind of thing. But um, honestly, it is completely anti-scriptural, biblical. I mean, it, it, that is not what Paul is talking about there. He's pretty clear that women are not to be pastors or exercise authority over men within the public assembly of the church. Um, so I think, you know, really some of the terms that they're using now, probably what we should all be listening for is they're kind of into this term called reciprocal partnerships, um, where they're believing that it's kind of egalitarian in its undertone, but what they're believing is that, uh, that, that women and men are more like in discipleship partnership. And so when you see passages like in Romans 16, Phoebe and Paul, for example, um, that Paul put himself under Phoebe's leadership. You know, just the way that they handle scripture, it's just, it, the hermeneutics, hermeneutics is terrible. Hmm. But you're like that, you know. I mean, it's egalitarian, Jenna. It, that's that's all I can say. It <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like they're having to do theological contortionism to try to put their viewpoint into scripture rather than just reading what is the plain language of scripture and, uh, and then leaving the authorial or the author's intent to God. And, you know, there are so many ways that, um, you know, even in law that, and I, and I actually grew a lot in my faith uh, through law school in, in a lot of different ways, but, um, but even in 
understanding how to read the Word of God. Because um, when you look at all of the principles of originalism, of leaving the author's intent to the author, uh, of making sure you look at the plain language, of the meaning of words in the time that they were written. I mean, so many of these basic principles that you can still that you can also apply to, um, as you were talking about, basic hermeneutic. Um, this is something that I think a lot of people miss when they only look to some of these devotionals instead of actually reading the Word of God for themselves. And so, um, Kimberly, as you're encouraging other women, um, what do you find is really the challenge in, uh, in, in encouraging women to actually read scripture for themselves and how do they parse through all of these different varying opinions that uh, it seems like a lot of Christians don't even, disagree, don't even agree with each other on how to best interpret scripture? Well, there's multiple things and we're blessed to um, be mm -hmm. partnering with a university who teaches very clearly and very well a proper hermeneutic of how to study scripture. But again, the bottom line, Jenna, is it comes down to who is the authority mm -hmm. and who am I going to place myself under? Am I going to place myself under a, a teacher who is going to tickle my ears and lead me astray? Or am I going to listen to a teacher who maybe be uh, maybe a little more dry and academic in their teaching, but is teaching you truth mm -hmm. and so uh, and the feelings always follow truth we always try to put our feelings in front of the truth and that gets us in big trouble and we can look again back to genesis to eve right and so we have we have to say god is the authority and that he is the one who has said who we are Mm -hmm. and how we are to obey him through the scripture and not proof text mm -hmm. um, like the egalitarians, right? Galatians 3, and they take that then mm -hmm. as yeah. we are yeah. allowed in the pulpit because we're equal with men. Mm -hmm. That's proof texting. That's wrong. And so we have to be very cautious. But at the same time, bring women along graciously. Um, we're older now. We get to mother in some respects more, and we want to we want to help the younger women and come alongside them. We're not going to beat them over our head with a club with our Bibles. We're going to bring them along yeah. just a little bit at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I want to tell you a, a favorite a favorite thing that my hermeneutics teacher always told me <laughs> when I was in school. A verse without a context is a pretext for a proof text, and I've always remembered <laughs> that. <laughs> That said so well. I'm going to have to go back and write that one down. That is great. And my, my mom always says as well that, um, that feelings only evidence what we think is true and what yeah. we're thinking. And then we have to then make sure that what we are actually thinking is true. And if we are thinking truthfully, then our feelings will line up with truth, not just what we believe. And that's one that's always stuck with me because I always think, you know, if I have a certain emotion or I have a reaction to something, I'm thinking, okay, this is how I feel, why? And then how can I align my feelings uh, with the truth? Because am I thinking of this rightly? And, um, and this is just, you know, some of these ways that you're describing uh, just to, uh, to look into the Word of God, to have better discernment, um, some of these tools are just so important that, that so many churches 
are missing out on. They're, they're not teaching these things. And um, so I think, you know, your podcast is so wonderful and we have to take a break here and uh, we'll have one more segment with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. And uh, they're the co-hosts of the Women's Hope podcast. And I hope that uh, this is encouraging to all of the women, regardless of your age, but especially the young women out there who are really uh, seeking truth-based hope for the future, who are confronting a lot of the lies of the culture. Uh, get into the Word of God, learn how to rightly divide truth from lies, and absolutely listen to Women's Hope Podcast, and we'll be right back with more of Just the Truth. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and I'm talking with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings, who are the co-hosts of the Women's Hope podcast. And ladies, we've been talking about rightly dividing scripture and uh, making sure that we are good Bereans, that we are discovering the truth um, and, and the truth of the Word of God for ourselves. And we've been talking also about the value of discipleship. And uh, you mentioned in the break that this is something that a lot of especially younger women, unfortunately, don't tend to see the value in. And of course, uh, scripture is, is talking about, uh, it's just replete of examples and also uh, commands for women to be learning from older women and for older women to disciple young women. So um, Dr. Shelby, uh, what is the best uh, encouragement of discipleship and how do, the, just the practical aspect of how young women uh, can can start a discipleship program themselves? A woman, hopefully um, what you're gonna see is that they're involved in some of the women's ministries that are offered because they're not really gonna know who the faithful available Titus II women are if they're not um, there meeting people. Um, and so I, how I would encourage them is just to observe. Um, observe the women that you or that are in your sphere of influence. And if they, um, you know, godly women who follow God's word, um, their life is, is manifesting just a love for the Lord, a love for their family, um, ask. Ask if they would be willing to come alongside you. I mean, I remember being a young wife, a young believer, and having that in my life. And how amazing it was to be able to uh, go to that person's home and just do life on life and see how she's living life, how she parents, how she, um, um, you know, is a wife. Um, and even for the single women, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a situation where the woman is married, but um, there's so many things to learn from the older women. I mean, you know, when I come alongside younger women, I'm thinking through issues, not only of how to love your husband and love your children, but we're thinking through issues like helping them to live a pure life, um, helping them to just think through uh, being sensible in a crazy culture, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And just teaching them uh, God's word in a way that uh, is like a life on life model. Um, Christ teaches discipleship. Uh, he says we're to go and disciple um, one another. It's just something that's commanded in the scripture. So I, I just, really want to beg the younger women not to be afraid to be involved in those relationships. I think they're really important and paramount. Otherwise, I, I just think the culture um, has a grip. Mm -hmm. um, and 
point after them. I really do. So discipleship, I think, protects uh, against that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's wisdom, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and Kimberly, you know, the, as we're talking here, it reminded me, you know, there's so many uh, features on Instagram and so many self-help books in, you know, the local bookstore that talk about if you want to be, you know, a strong woman and successful in your career, you want to be the boss babe, you know, then uh, you need to have a mentor in your career path and you need to learn from someone. And why aren't we taking that same attitude of saying, you know, if I really want to learn and grow in my relationship with the Lord, then obviously I need a mentor um, as well in scripture and someone who I see is uh, walking closely with the Lord that I can emulate, who will help me grow closer uh, through my life and the things you know that, uh, that every young woman faces and, and unique challenges to individuals. Right. So, you know, she mentioned the younger generation, and I just want to speak to the older generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We consider it an honor that we are now of that age that we get to invest in younger women's (laughs) lives. And uh, we are not going to fight it. Uh, We're going to roll with the punches and we are going to make ourselves available. And so if you are, say, an empty nester, um, I I've always been told, my husband is a pastor, and he has always said, have a Paul in your life, have Mm -hmm. a Timothy in your life, and have a Barnabas in your life. So you have someone who's older, more mature, you have someone that you are discipling who is younger, and then you have that constant encourager. And so older women, I encourage you to seek Mm -hmm. out the younger women, make yourself available, A, a coffee pot, and a good brew of coffee can carry you a long way in a conversation with a young girl. Mm-hmm. And your crema was on point on your um, on your uh, Instagram last week. So, Thank so you. I for speaking my language. But yes, you, coffee is important. It is. <laughs> Just be available. Mm-hmm. Um, God. God has set this design in place. And when we say, yes, I am willing to do what he has asked of me, he'll bring the people. He'll bless it. And he will He will bring mm-hmm. those young women to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can start out very casually and it can be formally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've memorized scripture with groups of women. Um, I've gone through uh, for three years with the same group of women. Uh, and we went through the whole New Testament 30 times. And then we uh, read books that were uh, written by Puritans mm-hmm. and, and also current authors that helped them to stretch their thinking. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That was just one day a week. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, make a brisket and some baked potatoes and, and open our Bibles. How easy. Well, you know, you both remind me so much of my mom, and that's um, probably the highest compliment I could give anyone, frankly, because my mom is so wonderful. But, you know, she has a lady study once a week as well, and she's been discipling. Uh, women for years and it's and she is so faithful to this group of young women and older women as well and everyone is then is now uh, she's also encouraging people to become uh, those ladies to be certified counselors and to then expand that discipleship further and so uh, 
you know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, on a national podcast like what you ladies have for women who want to be mentors. It just takes making a difference in one other person's life. And um, that's such a great encouragement. And so, um, as we wrap out our time here, and, and I'll have to have you back. I've loved this conversation so much, and I hope it's been really encouraging. Uh, you both have a couple of events coming up that uh, our viewers can participate in, and I'd love for you to speak to this. Yeah, you want me to go first? Um, which one? That Open Hearts? Okay. Yeah, so we have uh, the Open Hearts Conference. It's Open Hearts in a Closed World, and a young gal in Texas started it and we got a phone call out of the blue and she wanted to have us be her speakers. And so there, this conference is solid. You have multiple biblical counselors on there. I see four just glancing at it that I know are biblical counselors. Uh, some that are in the process of working on their training. Uh, one of the women is Erin Coates. Her husband is fighting the battle in Canada right now. Uh, for, to keep their church open, to have their church open, actually. Um, and then the music is led by City of Light. And we're talking on topics that talk about reverence and radical times. And if that were ever an appropriate title, mm -hmm. it I would that say is that now. <laughs> Absolutely. And then in the last 30 seconds, what's the other one coming up? So the other one is the Care of Soul Conference uh, that's happening this weekend. And Kim and I are both speaking at that. She's going to be covering um, just reforming women's ministries, being women of sound doctrine. And I'm going to cover more the area of uh, not only having discernment, but um, actually helping women to think through uh, first order doctrine, to think through complementarianism, egalitarianism. And I'm also going to list out women that I can recommend as a speaker and a writer and women that we should stray away from. <laughs> <laughs> Great, all right, well, we'll be right back with more here on Just the Truth. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and joining me now is Kenny Shu, who is the founder of the brand new organization called Color Us United. You can find that at colorusunited.org. And Kenny, this is such a wonderful organization that is truly seeking for America to be colorblind. Explain what your mission is, why you founded this. Um, you have just a great personal story as well. Well, thank you, Jenna. I, I really appreciate it. Color Us United, we stand and we advocate for a race-blind society, right? And I think that this is something that the majority of Americans, whether you're left or right, you agree about. We want to treat our neighbors as friends, as companions, and sometimes even as lovers. But one thing we don't want to do is we don't want to revert to judging people on the basis of race. But here's the thing. That's exactly what the left is doing now. Their policies such as vaccine equity, which is trying to prioritize people of certain colors over others for vaccines. Uh, their policies like racial preferences in college admissions, which is actually discriminating against well-qualified whites and Asians, um, and government categorizations on the basis of race right now are wrecking our country. And Black Lives Matter right now is installing a nihilistic framework in our young people. So I started Colorist United uh, with a group of other people, you can go to colorusunited.org to combat this vicious race ideology and stand up for colorblindness. 
This is fantastic. And so on your website, you talk about advancing uh, legislation uh, in, in efforts. And so do you have uh, some targeted states or sample legislation that you're already pushing forward? One thing that we're definitely doing is we're definitely supporting the Supreme Court case that is upcoming, Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard, where uh, Harvard is actually discriminating against Asian Americans to make room for lower qualified people of other minorities. Um, and another thing that we're going to do is that we're going to advocate against the, the mandation of government racial preferences or racial quotas in businesses. And what people don't realize is that, you know, we have this uh, industry now that has been created by the government. Basically, we're going to give a certain percentage of our businesses to uh, to to African-American led businesses or to Hispanic led businesses. Now, I understand the rationale behind that. But what that does is that actually discriminates against people who are qualified to contract and people who are qualified to do those things. So I stand against that. Colorist United stands uh, stands for race blindness. So that's one of the things that we're going to be doing. Yeah, and it seems so simple to think, well, it shouldn't matter at all uh, what race you are. It should matter uh, the quality of your business, the merit of your application for college. Um, it should matter, you know, all of the things uh, that actually make a person a uniquely qualified individual, and it shouldn't at all matter. But uh, but the Democrats have somehow harnessed this uh, this BLM sort of uh, mandate and critical race theory and all of these other lies. And they're telling the mm -hmm. culture that if you don't buy into that, then somehow you're the racist bigot. I think that's absolutely preposterous. It, it, it absolutely is preposterous, Jenna. Here's the thing. One of the things that is going in our K-12 schools right now is this idea of critical race theory. They're trying to teach your children that if you're white, you are an oppressor, and if you're black or you're a minority, you are an oppressed person. And this is actually antithetical to the way that America needs to progress and the way that America has been progressing for the last 50 years. You know, we, uh, we actually live in the most demographically mixed generation of all time. My generation, my, the youngest generation is getting married interracially. We are you know, learning to see each other and we're learning about other people's cultures, which is great. It's wonderful. But at the same time now, you have a curriculum that is telling people that if they're white, they need to hate themselves. And if they're black, they need to hate white people. And you know what that does to minorities? You know what that does to minorities? It actually causes minorities to fixate on race. And that's not that does not help them. That does not help them progress through society. That does not help them to get you know, the education and to assimilate into this great country. So we need to stand against the racialization of our K-12 education. And that's something that Colorist United definitely stands for. Yeah, that's so well said. And, you know, uh, the Babylon Bee, which is one of my favorite satire <laughs> sites, uh, they had a, a great uh, piece just the other day that was mocking uh, this whole idea that, you know, you're born a, a certain uh, way and you have this certain attitude just based on your race. And so with, of course, uh, you know, Megan and Harry, they're saying uh, their child was born half oppressed, half elitist. So, you know, it's like yeah. it just shows the ridiculous. Uh, again, it's preposterous. So uh, how can people get involved in uh, Color Us United and support your efforts, Kenny? Absolutely. So you can go to colorusunited.org. And uh, um, we, we, we definitely want you guys to sign up um, on our website, colorusunited.org, watch our opening video. It's powerful. It's all about, we, we ask the question to 
tens and hundreds of people. Who are you? What defines you? And overwhelmingly, people do not include race in who they are because they don't want people to see them on the basis of their race. They want people to see them as, as friends, as neighbors, as lovers. And that's who we are as Americans, and that's who we should stand for. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that if you get outside of the Washington bureaucracy and you get outside of what the mainstream media is telling you, people generally are friendly with each other and don't consider race when they're just interacting with their neighbor. And the mainstream media is so, so terrible at amplifying this in a way that's just absolutely horrible. And it really uh, does a disservice to Americans. So, uh, Kenny Shu, I'm really grateful that you founded this organization. And please go to colorusunited.org. Anna, Kenny, thanks so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you, Jen. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And now to just the word. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's it for this episode of Just the Truth. I'm Jenna Ellis, and we are sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find out more about the Thomas More Society and the incredible work that we do there at thomasmoresociety.org. And I will be back tomorrow and every Monday through Friday here on Just the Truth.